Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus was with his disciples, and the Passover of the Jews was at hand. And because it was the time of the Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now his disciples were still with them, but for what with him, but for what happens next, the spotlight seems to block out the rest of the world. It is only Jesus and those whom he has set his face against. When Jesus gets close to the temple in the city of Jerusalem, he can see the commotion from afar. He had just come from the surrounding plains, which are mostly desert, to fall upon this busy metropolis with all of its trade and all of its movement. And as Jesus sees the temple from afar, he knows that this is where he and his father have promised to be for all the people. He knew that this is where he and his father commanded that the sacrifices and prayers be made. This was a holy place where God was to dwell among his people. The spotlight remains on Jesus. And as he approaches the city on his way to that holy temple, the people are unaware that God in the flesh is drawing near. Nobody notices or realizes that in the person of Jesus, God is drawing near to them. He is veiled in skin like their skin, and he looks normal. So the people pay no attention as God rushes shoulders with them and walks by. And he comes to those who are unassuming. He comes in the flesh that people saw as flesh like theirs. He is hidden, much like he is hidden when he comes to us in words spoken plainly, in, with, and under the bread and wine. It seems so normal We're so used to it that we pay no attention. But as Jesus descends upon the temple, he sees something disturbing, saddening, even maddening. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. The people, they were in the temple. They were in the place where God dwelled and they paid no attention to God. They were counting their money as they sold oxen, sheep, and pigeons to sacrifice. Nobody paid any attention that God Almighty, who made the heavens and the earth, was with them, dwelling in their presence. The people in the temple had more important things on their mind like getting the correct change to those performing their religious duties. What is our mindset as we come to church this morning? God surrounds us. He promises us that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. God is here among us. Why? 
because he wants to be with us. Jesus' very name, Emmanuel, means God with us. And oftentimes, we act like the money changers, and we fail to realize what exactly is happening here. For through God's word, a miracle is taking place. He forgives our sins. He gives us newness of life. He saves our lives. He does it all through what the world sees as foolishness. For we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and he is the wisdom of God. The word of cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I talked with someone earlier this week that was having some uh, difficulty with different things. And I asked that person, when you look at the cross, what do you see? And the person said, hope. What a crazy thing. The cross was a place of execution. It was a place where in 33 AD, God died. Yet, the cross is where in God's dying, in Jesus' dying, our sin was completely paid for. We were set free. And upon his resurrection, we have newness of life and eternal life. For as he lives, we will also live. But it's the craziest thing. In this darkest of moments, I asked that person, what do you see? And they said, hope. It does not make sense to the world. Yet it is what we gather around for nourishment each and every week. And as Jesus watched the people in their lack of gratitude, defiling his father's temple with their greed and their selfish cares, he decided to do something. Now this didn't just happen, because it says, and making a whip of cords. I don't know how long that would take. For me, probably a couple of hours. (laughs) Maybe faster for him. But making a whip of cords, he then proceeded to drive them all out of the temple with sheep and oxen. He kicked everybody out. Everybody. And the people had brought their animals in the temple of God, and Jesus drove them out. And he poured out the coins, the money changers, and he overturned their tables. And you can see everybody standing outside the temple who were just in there. What's he doing? I can only imagine the people staring. And as they stared, Jesus taught. And before that, he tells those who were selling the pigeons, take these things away. 
Do not make my father's house a house of trade. He is saying this is where you are supposed to gather to draw near to my father. And look, you pay no attention to him. You're all wrapped up in the things of this world. How about us? Are we sometimes guilty of failing to recognize whom it is that speaks to us through the pages of our Bible? And when we behold the body of Christ in, with, and under the bread and wine, do our minds wander? Of course they do. The greatness of God in our presence is almost too much to behold. If we were totally aware of the God who draws near to us, we could be afraid. But we needn't be afraid if we look to God through his Son, through that cross. For God is the source of life in Christ Jesus. God draws near not to condemn you, You were condemned already by the Ten Commandments that we read earlier. But he draws near to save you. That is what Jesus was trying to get the people in the temple to understand. He's saying, wake up. My Father gives you this place to save you from your sins. He gives you this place that points to me. And here I am in your presence And you know me not. God is in our presence, within his word, within his supper. And we respond to him in prayers and songs of thanksgiving. For we know that he is here with us and that he loves us. He has come to save us and we are grateful. We pray that the entire world would know the God who comes in his word. Now, did the disciples recognize Jesus in the temple that day? And when they saw him doing the things that amazed them and everybody else, they remembered what the scriptures said about him. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. Jesus was consumed. He was consumed with what was supposed to take place in that house. That was forgiveness of sins. And here people were going in debt and people were getting rich. Our Father, has, our father promises us to give us his only begotten Son. And he delivers himself through silly things like preaching the cross, bread and wine, water and word, and your Bibles. These things are holy, but they're only holy because the Son of God delivers himself through these very things. Now the Jews that looked at Jesus gathered their wits about them and they finally spoke to him. They said, what sign do you show 
for doing these things as if he owed them anything. They weren't willing to rebuke Jesus totally because they knew that they were treating the temple of God in an unworthy manner. But they weren't sure about Jesus yet either. They were probably scared of him because who had been so bold before? But Jesus answered them even though he didn't have to. He told them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And the Jews said, well, it took us 46 years to build this temple. And you say he'll raise it up in three days? And I can just see them looking around to the other people saying, see, he's crazy. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. But he was speaking about the temple of his body. And when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered what he had said. And they believed the scripture and the word that he had spoken. The only sign that Jesus gave them is the only sign that he gives us. The death and resurrection. And because of the death and resurrection, we believe that we're saved. Because of the death and resurrection, we believe Jesus when he says, take, eat, this is my body. Take, drink, this is my blood. And because of the death and resurrection, and in no other way can we know this, but because of the death and resurrection, we know that God loves us. And because of the death and resurrection, we believe that we are not as orphans. But God is here with us now. And he is coming back again. And until that day, we thank God that he is here with us in the ways that he has promised. We hold these things dearly because these things, within these things, Jesus draws near to us. And now the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.